0: Thanks for tuning in to Mana, a short daily meditation to feed hungry souls with God's word. These episodes were prepared by ordained ministers for a radio broadcast called Voice of the Church and are now republished by the Reformed Perspective Foundation, a Canadian charity that applies biblical truth to the issues of our time. Here's today's serving. Hello, dear listeners. There are not a few problems that human beings just can't seem to conquer. Many are fighting a losing battle with their weaknesses and the temptations to do wrong. Sure, they may intimately know the pangs of remorse. They may even be used to saying, I'm sorry. They've said it to those they love. They've had to say it at school, at the office perhaps, and they may even have said it to God. Those who've been in such a situation may have wrestled with what appear to be minor problems—carelessness, laziness, a failure to take close attention to a sign that said, reduced speed zone ahead. But then again, they may be struggling with horrific inclinations to do evil, some natural desire for revenge, an opportunity to hurt someone. A constant temptation to engage in arrogant conceit, perhaps. And yet, time and again, they find themselves fighting what appears to be a losing battle. It's not just the condition of the godless, either, those who just don't care, but also of Christians, who may hear the gospel preached to them every Sunday, and yet they struggle, even frantically, to get their feet back onto solid ground, but they slip back often. The danger is that they close their Bibles and throw in the towel. Yet, that very Bible has a message for those who are wrestling with temptations, and that message is, there is no need to despair. God will not abandon those who commit even serious misdeeds unless they harden themselves in sin and persist in fleeing from him. Think of David who once gave free reign to the lusts of his flesh and caused the death of that man Uriah so that he could grab that man's wife Bathsheba. That story is found in 1 Samuel 11 and 12. Yet God did not abandon David. God reached out to him in his mercy. Though David was punished even severely, yet God restored him to fellowship with him. Think as well of the Apostle Peter, who, though he was false to his Savior, denying him even three times, was nevertheless restored as well and was able to carry out his important task as a messenger of the gospel. The same goes for Paul, who was once an enemy of Christ and his church. And yet the ascended Lord stopped him in his tracks when Paul had a mind to put Christians to death. God made him his ambassador to carry his word to the nations. The Bible tells us that many times people were made strong and even bold to confess the faith and to resist the powerful temptations of Satan and their own sinful nature. In Paul's letter to the Ephesians, chapter 6, we read the apostles' encouragement to parents, to children, to masters and slaves, That they might do the will of God from the heart, as Paul writes in chapter 6, verse 6. And then Paul went on to speak about what we might call the equipment of faith in the next ten verses. Verses that are headed by these words. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Those are Paul's words in chapter 6, verse 10. They were designed to encourage the believers in Ephesus, and they are designed to encourage us as well. Paul knew that his fellow Christians were confronted with all kinds of difficulties. Earlier in chapter 4, he had warned them about the threat of the devil himself, and he'd also issued a caution about people who would try to mislead them with empty, idle words. Besides, a constant warning against a worldly life full of sinful language, adultery, greed, and other works of darkness runs throughout this second part of Paul's letter. Although the spiritual battle the church was facing appeared to be uneven, weighed in the favor of their opponents, yet the believer's victory was assured. The Holy Spirit would come to their aid. However, they were called to stand firm and to be equipped with the weapons the Holy Spirit made available to them. We read of these weapons in the verses 11 and following in this chapter 6. Well then, finally, or summing up, says Paul, be strong. For people who are weak and without the appropriate weapons are likely to go down to defeat And yet their expected resistance to all that is evil, presenting a threat cannot be maintained in their own human strength. For then, as the reformer Martin Luther once wrote in his hymn, A Mighty Fortress is Our God, our striving would be losing. No, rather the believers were called to be strong in the Lord. What did that mean? But that Christ Jesus had to be their fountain of strength, their armory. That's clear when the apostle says, and in the strength of his might. We hear that same expression in chapter 1, verse 19, in a passage where Paul prayed that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ might give the believers a spirit of wisdom and revelation. Not only that their eyes might be opened so that they might look to the Lord and the glorious inheritance which he reserved for his people. No, but that they might know his incomparably great power. A power, says Paul, that is the same as that mighty strength that God exerted when he raised his son, our Savior. Raising him from the dead and causing him to be seated at the right hand of the heavens. In that power, Jesus Christ raised people who were dead in their sins and without hope to life, to everlasting life by his grace and through faith. The Lord Jesus Christ has that power at his disposal. He owns it, and with it he will reach out to believers, so that they do not need to despair and surrender to the forces of evil that confront them. And so then the believers in Ephesus, and yes, believers everywhere, must be open to be led by this powerful Christ. Already in the Old Testament, there are many examples of people who, though weak and small of themselves, were strong in the Lord and the power of his might. I think of that young man, David, who faced the giant Goliath fearlessly armed with no more than a slingshot and a few stones. And yet his confidence was in the Lord his God, of whom he said that he would deliver Goliath into his hands. The Lord directed the stone that David flung at Goliath, who fell dead. And yet David did not look to elevate himself, but acted that Israel, and not just the Philistines, would know of the might of Yahweh, the Lord. And you may also remember the story of Gideon, who with only a few hundred men won a mighty victory over Israel's enemies. Do you remember their battle cry? The sword of the Lord and of Gideon. Yes, the sword of the Lord who provided the courage and the subsequent victory. Well, then, dear listeners, Are there times in your life when you face what appear to be overpowering obstacles and challenges? Look to the Lord Jesus Christ, for he overcame the powers of sin and death. He defeated that arch enemy, Satan, on Calvary's cross. How? Why? By taking our place. By being our substitute, for it was we who had become his enemies because of our sin, even that sin in which we became rebels with our first parents, Adam and Eve, in the garden. God said, He would punish that rebellion with death, even that which the Bible calls the second death, that is, the punishment and the agony of hell and of being estranged from God the Father. But Jesus Christ was and is victorious. Because he was truly God, he withstood that horrible loneliness he suffered on the cross so that those saints there in Ephesus could live and face the terrors and trials of everyday life, and so that all those who put their trust in him and look to his word and spirit may rejoice. Yes, and that we might pray, O Lord, be near to us and do not give us up to despair, so that even if we must go through the valley of the shadow of death, we too might confess You will not let go of us, but will make us strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. It's God's own promise, and he does not lie. Amen. And it was great to have you listen in today.